0: Welcome to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. Today, we've got an amazing message of hope and healing just for you. God's Word never returns to him void, so let this message sink deep into your heart so that you can walk out your complete healing journey today. Hey, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining me. Today is uh, going to be a beautiful day. It's already started out awesomely. Hey, I wanted to pick up where we left off last week and um we were talking about evil spirits uh sickness and you know what is the connection and i'm just showing from the word how uh how it is connected it's in fact they're never disconnected and the two foundational scriptures that um i was sharing last week that really uh you know, the Lord used to really quicken to my heart the importance of understanding this connection is in uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And it tells us there that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, uh, for God was with him. And then in Romans 6, uh, verse sixteen, it says, "To whomsoever you yield your members, servants to obey, their servant you become, whether sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness." And uh, we were we uh, were using those to show uh, that connection, how the enemy accesses us uh, through you know thoughts or you know however he accesses us through the lies that he speaks to us. Uh, It can be through a person, it can be through an experience, uh, but most often it's just through a simple thought that comes to our mind. I think one of the best examples of that is how the whole uh, world was surrendered over to Satan. To start with was through one simple thought, Uh, and he just kept speaking to Eve's mind instead of her casting down those thoughts She uh, yielded to them. And what was the end result? Well, they not only were separated from God through that choice or that decision that they made, both her and Adam, but uh, they also surrendered uh, the the life that they had. In other words, that day forward, they began to die in a way that they had never experienced before. In other words, it uh, physically affected their bodies And uh, so the same thing happens today. You know, I was thinking about uh, all the scriptures that we had already covered uh, last week. And I just kind of wanted to pick up on those because it's so important. The way we get revelation, the way the spirit quickens truth to our heart is through the word of God, because the word of God is spirit and life. And as we expose ourselves to that and open up our heart, open up our mind uh, to hear what he has to say, and we just yield agreement to that righteousness, the word of truth is righteousness, then there is a quickening that takes place in our heart and the dots are connected. Amen? So, um, you know, as I mentioned last week, I have... uh, you know, I have many more teachings on this topic that go into really uh, much more depth. And uh, one that I'm thinking of is understanding the devices of the enemy Uh, is is a very good teaching that goes into detail specifically how the enemy gains access. So I wanted to pick up, we left off last week. Um, Let's see, I made a note here, where did I leave off? Uh, in uh, I believe I was about ready to read Matthew 15, so let's go there. Let's just uh, let's just go to Matthew chapter 15, and we'll pick up there. I'm tra- I was trying to figure out how all that was going to work, but uh, anyway, we'll get it. You know, that's the good thing is that the, the the word of God tells me that I can do all things through Christ, and where my mind is different than God's, it tells me that he will show me where I'm otherwise minded. And he gives me the wisdom that I need as he gives you the wisdom that you need to walk in victory. So let's see, I said, uh, let's go to um, uh, Matthew chapter 15. You know, uh, I was reading the scriptures, how Jesus always connected uh, when he talked about healing and deliverance. Uh, We read several scriptures last week where it always includes evil spirits when it mentions sickness and disease. So like even when he sent out the disciples, the very first thing he mentioned was he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out. I think that's significant. Listen here. This is in Matthew 15. Again, we've read uh, the accounts in Matthew up to chapter 15. And in chapter 15, I'm going to just start in uh, verse 29. And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Now, This is important scripture because we saw already that Jesus uh, healed the blind by casting out a devil, and he he healed the dumb by casting out a devil. We saw that he cast uh, opened the ears of someone by casting out a devil. So it's very important that when it mentions this that we don't forget the principles that he's already shared with us, okay? Now, again, I want to repeat uh, what I shared last week. It's not every case of blindness is someone is directly responsible for the uh, giving place to the devil who's caused the blindness directly. And I taught on John chapter 9. Please go there and uh, read that uh, or listen to that teaching or watch it. It was called uh, Spit, Dirt. No, Spit plus Dirt. Plus a stranger equals healing, and it's about the man in John nine. So, and but listen to verse thirty-one. It says, "In so much that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to behold, the lame to walk, the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel." So, notice what the reason I wanted to read this was. It doesn't mention the casting out of devils here, but we've already seen that principle. And connecting it to Acts chapter 10, verse 38 and Romans 6, 16, we see that, hey, uh, Jesus is delivering these people from oppression of the devil, no matter how it's manifested in them, no matter how it got in them, there is that spiritual connection that Jesus is addressing. And I think that's, I mean, extremely, extremely important. So you have to ask the question, how many of these were the result of someone's, you know, uh, engaging with the enemy directly? Let me give you an example. We talked about this in a previous Stream about Job and the fear. But notice, uh, I won't read it, I'll just quote it there, but it says that Satan smote Job with sore boils from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. Satan did that. And we saw in that truth stream that the reason Satan was able to do it was because Job gave him access through the fear that he had. Wow. I mean, that, that to me is profound. And let me ask you this question. You know, many people say, well, miracles passed away uh, with the apostles, okay, and the the disciples, that, you know, miracles went away. We can't expect to see any of those uh, anymore today. If God wants to do it, great, but we can't be used in the same way. Now, let me ask you a question. Did the devils stop working after the apostles and the disciples of Jesus passed away? I think not. So why would, if the way they worked required the disciples, the uh, apostles, and, and not just the 12, we, we can go back in the scriptures and see that uh, everyone in the upper room, including people that weren't in the upper room uh, on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out for power to be ministers... We see people long after that, I'm thinking of Stephen and Philip and Paul, uh, who uh, were doing signs, wonders, and miracles after the 12th. So it's very important. uh, If you ascribe to that thinking, you're going to also have to ascribe that, well, the devil doesn't work the same way anymore. And what people say about that is, well, Jesus destroyed that you know came to destroy the works of the devil. Well folks, let me tell you, the devil is still alive and very active in this world today. I mean, you can just look at current events and you can see that the things that are happening are impossible to happen without some kind of coordination that goes beyond the ability of man. And that's the spiritual part that the devil has. You know, in uh in Second Corinthians, Paul, long after the resurrection, calls and refers to Satan as the God of this world. Okay. <clears throat> in other words, he's the object of worship of people. Are they willingly, knowingly, uh, you know, yes, I'm, you know, they're falling down and worship. No. How they're worshiping the devil is by yielding to him. And that goes back to Romans chapter 6, verse 16. When you yield to the enemy, there's a fruit that the enemy has in his life. And a fruit and a benefit that the enemy has to offer when you yield to him. Now listen carefully. You might want to jot these down. He has three gifts that he will give to us. He has death, destruction, and loss. So whenever you yield to the enemy, you're going to get some form of that in your life. If you don't break that cooperation, it might be years down the road, but, but the enemy is going to fulfill his purpose or his uh, make sure that you receive his blessings, okay? Uh, that's just how the enemy works. So we were talking about how Well, let's just go to uh, Mark chapter three. This is a good, uh, another good uh, account of that. Let's see. In Mark chapter three, haven't been talking much this morning, so my voice is not clear. Let's see. I wrote this down. Gosh, do I want to read all that? Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, Jesus is ministering, and I'm going to just start in verse 9 for sake of time in uh, Mark chapter 3, and it says, And he spake to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude, lest they should throng him. For he had healed many that they pressed upon him for to touch him as many as had plagues. And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried saying, Thou art the Son of God. And he straightly charged them that they should not make him known. So notice the evil spirits can speak out things that aren't known uh, by the people themselves. In other words, these evil spirits were using the voice of these people to communicate messages that everyone else could hear. Let, let back up. Let me uh in Mark chapter one. Let me just give you an example of that. Think about this. Do you know anybody that's got a loud mouth? They're unruly. They, they don't control their tongue. They just speak vile things or, or they're always, uh, you know, nothing positive comes out of them. They're, uh, you know, they're, I can't think of any other word, but like, you know, unruly. It's like they have no rule over their tongue. Listen to this account. I'm in Mark chapter 1, and I'm going to start in verse uh, 23. And it says, And there was in in their synagogue a man, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Now put yourself in that synagogue for a second. You see somebody stand up in the congregation and they just start shouting out something to the speaker. Who is that? See the people in the audience, I mean, not the audience, but in the synagogue, they saw this man stand up. They probably, you know, let's make it real. It was Joe. Yeah, Joe. He's guy. He's so opinionated. So they're thinking, oh, here goes Joe venting again on our guest speaker. And and they probably had the ushers, you know, getting ready to go down there. But listen to what Jesus does. See, Jesus recognizes that just someone talking or being boisterous or, you know, shouting out is not just that person. Listen to how Jesus responds in verse 25. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. Can you imagine everyone standing around, and Jesus stops in the middle of his message, and he says, this guy's yelling out, and he says, hold your peace, come out of him. Just like that. And listen to what happens. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. So in other words, what the people would have seen. If you were there, you would have seen this guy just like jerk violently, maybe be even thrown onto the floor. And then he was at peace and he stood up and probably went back to his seat wondering, wow, that was wonder, you know, you know, probably embarrassed, like, wow, I can't believe I said all that. You know what I mean? And listen to what the people said. In verse 27, and they were all amazed in so much as they questioned among themselves, saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commandeth, and even the unclean spirits do obey him. You know, I don't want you to start, you know, uh, going up to all your friends that, you know, are loud and you know, trying to cast out a spirit. That's not what I'm sharing. But what I'm sharing is Jesus looked beyond what he could see with his physical eyes. And he saw that there was a connection between the outward actions in the flesh of a person and what the motive was behind that. So think about when Jesus was ministering to the sick people, that's why Peter made that statement in Acts chapter 10. He knew that, hey, there is a spiritual oppression behind that sickness and disease that needs healing as well. Not just the physical symptom removed, but actually they need to be delivered from that uh, oppression of the devil in order to be free. You know, I'm going to get into this in a later stream. I talked to you about this last time, uh, asking, you know, if you guys wanted to see from the scriptures, the difference in, you know, the healings, like how they manifested a progressive healing, a, uh, you know, an instant healing, a miraculous healing, a creative miracle, you know, things like that. And when I talk about that, I'm going to bring out in this, the connection, uh make this connection more clear in that teaching because you're going to see that our physical bodies God made created them marvelously to be able to recover. And if we're not recovering, there has to be a reason why we're not. And Jesus would always go to that reason and address that primarily and the fruit that would be produced in them would be the result of their belief, whether they uh, agreed with what Jesus was releasing unto them. So let's move on. There's so many scriptures here. Go to uh, Mark chapter 6 is another one. I I think it's important, and, and you might think I'm laboring this point, but it needs to be, because we live in a world that just turns to a doctor for everything, and uh, or goes to some kind of Uh, natural, they all look to the flesh for their deliverance. And folks, you can read book after book and you'll see that, that not every physical natural therapy works for everyone. And there's a reason why it doesn't, because there's a spiritual root to that issue that those people are dealing with. Now, I told you I wanted to cover this and it is in. Um, uh, well, let me let me just cover this point first. Let's go here first. Go to um, Mark uh, chapter. Where did I say? Mark chapter six. Yes, Mark chapter six. Again, this is a parallel account to what we saw in uh, Matthew chapter ten, and this is on the heels of Jesus going to his hometown and getting very little results because the people would not believe, just as I said. So in verse seven, it says, and he called unto him his 12 and began to send them forth two and two and gave them power over unclean spirits and commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no script, no bread, no money, in their purse, but be shod with sandals, and not to take two coats. And he said unto them, In whatsoever place you enter into a house, there abide till you depart from that place. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you when when you depart thence, shake the very dust off your feet, for a testimony against them. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah In the day of judgment, than for that city. And they went out and preached that men should repent, and they cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. Wow, listen to the order in which the writer is inspired to lay out these important points. In fact, in verse seven and eight, It just says that he gave them power over unclean spirits. And then he moves on, don't take this, don't take that. Wait a minute, is that all they needed was power over unclean spirits to be able to minister number one and number two, to cast them out, the devils to cast them out and to uh, minister healing to the sick? Well, obviously the writer here saw that Uh, by inspiration of the spirit, that that was a very, if not the most important, uh, uh, what would you say, Uh, power that they needed was to have power against the unclean spirits. Wow, that's awesome to me. Uh, Incredibly powerful. And then let's just connect it also. Same writer, Mark chapter 16. Let's go there for a moment. In Mark chapter 16, you're all familiar with this, but listen to what this says here. It says in verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Number one, that's the number one thing that is mentioned. In my name, people that believe will cast out devils. And they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Wow. So notice the writer here immediately says, wow, when you believe this is going to be a fruit of your belief, you're going to cast out devils. Now, it doesn't mean like we've all seen, I'm sure, you know, these uh, there's even videos of people being weird uh, and goofy casting out devils, you know. And that's not how Jesus did it. That's not how any of the disciples did it. When you have th- power over all the power of the enemy and you believe the power that God has given you and you cooperate with the Spirit, it's very simple. Like Jesus said, hold thy peace and come out of him. That's simple. There's no bantering back and forth. There's no discussion. It is the spirit of power when you believe that affects that change the devil has no option and no recourse other than he is subject to belief in that name of Jesus that's that's just incredibly powerful for us to keep in mind notice here i'm going to i'm going to jump ahead but i'll go back go to luke chapter 10 this is this always amazed me and you know I've talked about this many times but it bears repeating here because of the topic we're on but notice if you were if you were sent out as a minister like a missionary what would be more important to you what would be the most miraculous powerful thing that you would come back and tell everybody the thing that you found the most incredible well you'd say wow uh, if I laid hands on somebody that was dead and they came back to life, okay? Or, or if I laid hands on a crippled person and suddenly uh, their their leg grew out and now they were able to run and leap and jump. and Or I laid hands on a on a blind person and they instantly saw their sight. Wouldn't that just thrill you to no end? Well, I want you to put yourself in the disciples' shoes And consider the perspective through which they got the results that the Bible says they got. That they went out and healed the blind and uh, the, the lame and the maimed. They did everything that Jesus was doing. But listen to what they say when the 70 returned. Not the 12, the 70. You have to ask your question. Wait a minute. Were these 70 part of the 12? or the, uh, you know, the apostles that when they died too, uh, you know, that doctrine about the power passing away after the disciples, it's just not borne out in the scriptures. It's just man reasoning based on their observation and their unbelief. You know, folks, we should never say just because we don't believe something doesn't mean that it's not true. In fact, Romans 3 tells us, will the unbelief of some make the faith of God without effect? No, it won't at all. Not at all. What makes the power and the works of God ineffective in our life is our unbelief, not his ability in us. It's our unbelief in the ability that he has placed in us. Amen? So listen to what it says in in Luke 10, 17. And the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, we raised the sick. We, we, uh, we healed the lepers. We, uh, ca- we, um, saw this blind guy healed. No, that's not what they said. They said, and they returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Wow. See, they understood that at the root of these issues in these people, there was a spiritual connection of evil spirits and disease. Evil spirits and people vexed or tormented in their minds. They saw there was a connection there. They learned that from watching and walking with Jesus. And listen to what he says. He said, <clears throat> he said unto them, And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. What does that mean? That the devil was out there with lightning bolts trying to kill the disciples? The 70? No. What it means is, you know, when you see a bolt of lightning come out of a cloud, it's instant. It makes a big flash, but then it's gone. It's never there again. You might have lightning in other places, but that bolt has been spent. And that's what Jesus said. He said, I saw the devil given his best shot, but he was put out by the, by the name, my name that I put in you and that you uh, were ministering in. Wow, that's powerful. And then he says, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy where nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's pretty amazingly powerful. Amen? So Jesus realizes, hey, wait a minute. If I don't give them power over the enemy, they're not going to get any results at all. And here the disciples, instead of telling about the effect that it produced in casting out the devils, what was more amazing to them was that the devils obeyed them. And as a result of the devils obeying them, people were set free. Sickness, disease, all that was was done away with. That's that to me is just um, that's just I- incredible how that works like that. Uh, go back with me to Luke chapter eight. This is what I wanted to share. In Luke chapter eight, here. Um, Let's go to, I don't know if I have time to read the whole thing, but uh, I think I should. Uh, In uh, verse 26, this is about the man at the Gadarenes. And it says here, um, and, And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils a long time and wear no clothes, Uh, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice. What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God, the most high? I beseech it, torment me not. And why did he say that? Because Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. It says, for oftentimes it had caught him, the unclean spirit, and he, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters. Wait, let me back up a second. I misread that. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oftentimes it had caught him. And he was kept bound with chains and in fetters. And he break the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. You know, they drove him into the wilderness so they could have free reign to manifest in him, however, they wanted. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. Now, the deep there is, it's obvious it's not the water, but if you'll look that up and study that out, you'll see it's talking about the bottomless pit. Uh, actually, the word, I believe, is Abusos that's uh, used here. And there was a herd of swine feeding on the mountain and they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. And when the devils went out of the man and entered into the swine, the herd of swine violently ran down a steep place into the lake and were choked. And when they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told in the city and in the country. Now, this is a point I want to get to. Then they went out to come and see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Wow. Here's the point I wanted to make here. You know, all of us have seen someone have some kind of, a, you know, uh, you know, an outburst or they're unruly, you know. they're uh, uh, difficult to control. Um, but you could say like, let's say if you took this man to a psychiatric ward, they would just drug him up and say that he's lost his mind, the chemicals are out of balance. They would never once mention that there's an oppression of the devil, and in this case, actual possession of the devil that's manifesting through this mind through this man and they would use physical restraints drugs to affect him to sedate him to get him calm but they would never ever 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 did i say ever they would never ever be able to touch the problem or the root of the problem but notice when jesus cast out the devil this man was instantly in his right mind so what is the connection between sickness and uh, the devil? The devil can get into your mind, get into your body and wreak havoc, havoc to the point where you're just beside yourself, where you're not what you should be at all. In other words, you're not in your right mind. Do you know, I've been in the past, I've been so oppressed by fears that I made bad decisions. I did things that actually hurt me. And we saw Job did the exact same thing. How did that work? Did did I invite the the hurt into my life and purposely cause those things? Indirectly, yes. Because I yielded to the thinking and the thoughts of the enemy and I became subject unto him. And what did he do? As we read uh, in a previous study, The thing that I yielded to, I gave permission to be manifested in my life. And as I shared last week, the cancer that I had was was manifested outward what I was believing inside in my heart. And it was a lie from the devil. And when that lie was cast out, when that lie was replaced with the truth of God's word, which is spirit and life, that assignment of that evil spirit, that death, destruction, and loss, suddenly was tossed out the window. It had no more place in my life. That is, folks, that is so, so important to really realize and to acknowledge uh, you know, what, what is, uh, you know, what's happening or what's going on. And notice the word it uses, Verse 30, I wanted to read verse 36. See, all these people were afraid that this man was healed. And in his right mind, why do you think they were afraid? Do you think that maybe the evil spirits in them were thinking, oh my goodness, we don't want this guy around because we'll be next. Do you think so? But in verse 36, and it says, they also which saw it told them by what means that he that was possessed of the devil's was healed. See, it's the same word, healing. You know, the word that's used for healing the maim, for healing the leper, uh, for casting out devils. You know, I read last week, Luke, uh, verse 2 here. Listen to what verse 2 says in chapter 8 of Luke. And a certain woman which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of who whom seven devils were cast out. It's the same the same word the same meaning about everything. So that's the point I'm making here is what is the connection the devil produces infirmity in our bodies. How does he do it? By our cooperation. Is it always directly a result of our behavior? No, it's not always, but because Sickness and disease has been in the world, uh, since, uh, the, you know, this, the fall in the garden, the enemy gained access, he's corrupted the world. And so no matter how you slice it, there is oppression of the devil involved in every sickness and every disease. Okay. You might be saying, well, you know, I broke my leg because I fell off my bike. That wasn't the devil. How do you know? Was he the one that caused you to have the accident? Do you know? We don't know. Okay, but the Spirit can give you insight to that. How do you know when you when you were riding your bike and you fell off that the, you missed what the Holy Spirit said and was telling you to turn right? And you just know you wanted to go this way. And you might have just missed the Spirit of God trying to protect you. Folks, it's very important that we understand that we are in a world where the enemy is in opposition to us 24-7. He despises the Spirit of God in you. And his whole goal is to kill, steal, and destroy in your life. Now, should we be afraid of the devil? No, I'm not afraid of the devil. In fact, he's afraid of me because he knows that I understand the power and authority that I have over him. And folks, you should realize that too, that no matter how far you are up to your neck in oppression of the devil, all you have to do is acknowledge and believe that the Christ in you is greater than than he that's coming against you, and you can cast it out just like that. That's the authority and the power that Jesus gave us. Do you know when when the disciples, when he gave them power over, you know, to go forth and to do the things he did, he didn't say one time, he didn't say, now make sure you don't sin anymore. Don't make sure, make sure you don't do anything wrong or else it won't work. He didn't say that because he knew that all they had to do if they did something wrong was just to continue to believe. That's what he said in John 8, verse 31. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. So if you get off track, just go back to the word. That's where your power is, is in believing that word, which is spirit and life. And that spirit and life is always 24-7. I should say it this way. It's 25-8. It never stops. It's eternal. That power in you is greater than your worst day. It can deliver you like that in a second with a simple change of your heart to focus on that power and let it work through you and accomplish what it's been placed in you for. Folks, that is a glorious truth that we should all be resting confidently in Amen. What did I say? Oh, I wanted to read one more example. One of my favorites. In fact, I devoted a whole truth stream to this because I think it's so important. Remember the man at the Gadarenes, if you were to take him to a doctor or a psychologist, they would, they would have a diagnosis based on their physical evidence and, but it wouldn't have anything to do with the devil. Nothing whatsoever. They would never say it's an evil spirit. They'd lose their license, okay? But here, look look at this. Jesus didn't address a physical issue in that man, although once he was delivered, all of the physical uh, actions that the devil was producing in him, they ceased too. He, it says that he was sitting and in his right mind. When they described him before, he had no rest. He was up moving around constantly, uh, you know, uh, in the tomb, screaming and crying out. That was the devil working through him, using his body to manifest. Now, I want to read this account in Luke 13, and I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, In uh, Luke 13, in verse 10, it says, And Jesus was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And behold, there was a woman there which was bowed together and could in no wise lift herself up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her unto him and said, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Now again, if you were sitting in that congregation, all you would have seen is a woman bent over. You would have just assumed the same thing that that everyone else did. Like today, if you would have taken her to a doctor, they would have said she had scoliosis, a severe case, or osteoarthritis, or uh, her bones were fused uh, for some reason or another. Or, you know, all sorts of things they would have said. Or, you know. But Jesus, notice what Jesus said to her. And when Jesus saw her, he called her unto him. He summoned her. You know, she was sitting out there. He saw her and he was inspired by the spirit of his father dwelling in him to call her up. That gave her an opportunity. What if she would have just sat there and said, you know, I can't get up. You'll have to come over here. What do you think would have happened? Nothing. But what did she do? She responded to his call and she acted on that word. No doubt that might have been difficult for her to get up, you know what I mean? Think about this, Uh, I mean, listen to this. And Jesus laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight. So first of all, Jesus got rid of the infirmity and then what did he do? Then he laid his hands on her and her body was made straight. Now immediately the religious people get upset with that as we read here, but I'm going to skip it for sake of time. But listen to what Jesus says in verse 16. He says, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years, be be loosed from that bond on the Sabbath day? See, Jesus recognized beyond the physical symptoms was an oppression of the devil. And it says that he cast out the spirit of infirmity and then he laid his hands on her and she was made straight. So Jesus realized that uh, there was an evil spirit binding her and holding her in that place. And even after he loosed the spirit of infirmity, her body needed a uh, something miraculous to cause it or supernatural to cause it to be straightened up. And that's what Jesus did. So Jesus used not only his spiritual authority to get rid of the spirit of infirmity that had bound her, but he also released the power of the spirit to produce life in her flesh that made her straight again. Folks, there's so many more things, you know, just Uh, just think about for a second. Uh, I'm not going to go there and read it. There's many other places, but notice the apostle Paul, why would he say, you know, if we don't have to deal with devils today, why would he have said in uh, Ephesians chapter four, neither give place to the devil? Why would he have said that if the devil can't in any way affect us? Because that for the same reason, he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, that he said that, um, we, that he was not ignorant of the devil's devices, and he knew how Satan was seeking advantage in their life, and he said he would not give that to him. See, he understood these spiritual truths that although the enemy, like in this woman with, uh, that was bent over, that didn't happen like that. It said 18 years she was bound. So that means the enemy got in, and as he worked in her life, she became more and more and more and more bent over so she couldn't even stand up straight. See, that's how the devil works in our life. You know the old saying, if you give him an inch, he'll take a mile. That's exactly the devil's MO. He's not satisfied with anything but death, destruction and total loss. That's his goal in your life. So we have to use these examples that we were given in the scriptures. We have to be shown, we have to it has to be quickened to us through these truths that we are not just dealing with a physical issue. You know, many of you that have sickness and disease in your body are frustrated because you've been commanding and rebuking, it's not working. You've gone to the doctor. It's not working. You you're, you thought it was working. You got a follow-up MRI or a CAT scan, and and it's worse than it was before, and you're wondering, what the heck is going on here? I believe. You sound like me. That's how I was talking. But until I realized, through not you know, looking for a devil, I went back and looked at the truth of God's Word, and when I began to see the things that I've shared in these last two lessons, I began to see, wait a minute, I've been thinking I just got a physical problem, but the devil wants me to believe that because as long as I believe that, I'm not going to be dealing with the truth. And that is what's going to be setting me free is the truth. So folks, uh, wow, uh, really Uh, this is so important for us to get a hold of. And, you know, I pray for all of us, Father, in Jesus' name, these truths that you have shared with us, Father, I thank you for connecting the dots of truth in our hearts and in our minds, Father, that we would see from your truth, not to be, uh, you know, uh, focused on the devil, but to be focused on your truth And through that light of the truth, realize the darkness that has bound us and that we would break agreement with it and yield ourselves unto righteousness, which produces the life and the truth and the health and the wholeness in our bodies. So Father, I thank you for quickening and opening the eyes of our understanding to this. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. We hope you got some great nuggets of wisdom out of that teaching. Thank you for listening to the Healing Journeys Today podcast. And don't forget you can find us live on Facebook and YouTube seven days a week. If you would like to donate, please go to www.healingjourneystoday.com. Isaiah 53.5 says, And by his stripes, we are healed. God bless you.